Hey everyone, this is Mary, and welcome to the latest episode of American Girls, the podcast where we're rereading the American Girls series book by book. Except not on this episode. On this episode, we're going to take you on a field trip with us to meet Gwen, the founder of an amazing food blog called A Peek into the Pantry. On this blog, she recreates recipes, both historical and modern, inspired by the historical character line of American Girl. Now, as you might have guessed from listening to this show, Allison and I are not what some would call food forward, food savvy, um, cooking savvy. We sure try at times, but I can't really speak for the results in all cases. So this was both an exciting challenge and a fun opportunity. We got to spend an afternoon with Gwen um, a couple days after Thanksgiving um, and make a Kirsten-inspired dessert. So we're really happy to bring you this episode. Just to give you a heads up, uh, we filmed this in Gwen's space where the sound was kind of expansive. So it may not sound as clear as it usually does, So I think it's okay, but just wanted to give you that heads up. Um, And let me just set the scene for you to take you on this field trip. Allison and I began this journey bundled up together in my Subaru, where all great journeys begin in a Dunkin' Donuts parking lot. You know, I was in my Subaru, but I'm still thinking about my Saturn. And I just want to give a shout out to everyone who's reached out to me to tell me their Saturn story. Did not realize there were so many of us out there, but, you know, I'm happy to know there's still some Saturns on the road. So without further ado, we're going on a field trip and you're coming with us. Let's go. This episode is brought to you by Podcorn. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to advertisers for native podcast sponsorships. What does that actually mean? Well, for our purposes, it means that we don't have to run ads on our show for products and services we don't believe in. We take this community really seriously, so we've in an ongoing way been trying to match with products that actually meet our mission and our values and are things that we're proud to support. So Podcorn has been a really wonderful service where we've been able to log on to their site and find a bunch of advertisers who want to work with us that we're excited to work with as well. If you're creator and you're looking for brands that you might want to work with, Podcorn is a great option. They have a marketplace mission to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and control. And you never give up exclusive rights to your podcast. Click the link in our show notes to learn how to sign up and to learn more about Podcorn. That's right. So just head over to podcorn.com and get started today. Okay, so we're sitting here in the Dunkin' Donuts parking lot, and we're trying to plot, you know, our next adventure here. We're about to go on a little road trip. I have a munchkin betwixt my fingers. It's beautiful, although we didn't necessarily want Gwen to know that we're dipping into the munchkins we're buying her, but Gwen, that's just where we're at in our lives right now. So what are we doing today? So in the spirit of going to grandmother's house, the Olsen twin classic, we are going to Gwen's house in an undisclosed location in New England. Yep. We are journeying together. It's a several hour journey overall. Yep. And she is going to teach us how to bake a traditional Swedish cookie in honor of Kirsten. I'm both very excited and very scared for us. Like I did bake five pies this week for Thanksgiving. So I have that going for me, but it's kind of like, that's all I'm bringing to this. I think we're bringing a spirit of adventure. My mouth is half full. I apologize. 
we're bringing a spirit of adventure. And also I just want to say that, you know, we wanted to bring a hostess gift. We do have a little something else for Gwen, but you know, we, we thought the best thing was Duncan, a Duncan product. Cause that's what we're into. They are not sponsoring us. I should say not yet, not yet, but you know, we got her some munchkins and then they look so good that we're dipping in. And I thought our plan was to tell her we got her a 20 count, but you kind of like just blew the whistle on us. <laughs> well, I think we're really excited because we've admired Gwen and her work for a long time. Yes. You may know her better as at A Peek Into the Pantry. Right. Which is a play off of A Peek Into the Past. So today we're going to be giving you a peek into her life and our lives as domestic ne'er-do-wells. Oh, God. All right. Well, let's do it. <laughs> location in New England. We did an on the road thing. We had a pre-departure meeting at Dunkin' Donuts. We did. Nice. And, you know, we both kind of admitted to each other a thing we already know, which is that we're not great bakers. I did make five <laughs> pies this week for Thanksgiving, but like that's sort of a one-off thing I do once a year. And then I sort of like shut that door. <laughs> I mean, doing five pies for Thanksgiving, I would understand why that's like, okay, we're putting around on this. <laughs> um, so we're just very appreciative you would have us in your undisclosed location um, to bake something that is Kirsten related. Well, thank you guys for having me. So what is it we are doing here today? Um, so I'm going to walk through uh, the official American Girl recipe for Kirsten's Paparka Core cookies from Kirsten's cookbook. Um, paparka core are a traditional Swedish cookie that are usually eaten around the holidays. It's a very thin, spicy cookie. Um, when you get them commercially, um, they're like so thin that like they often like crumble in the package if like, you know, they've been bumped in transit or anything. Um, and that's how they're supposed to come out. This recipe always makes them a little bit thicker, um, but it's fine. They're tasty, uh, gingery cookies. And if I'm remembering correctly, they are a really old tradition in Sweden, like going back to like, you know, um, 1400s-ish. And they're uh, called paparka core because they at one point did have pepper in them and were more sort of like a a little bit more savory than what we would be eating right now. But it's, you know, a typical sort of medieval like spices are great. Let's put them in everything kind of right. dish. Um, we just discovered pepper. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we so start. I guess I'll just uh, walk through. Yeah, just go through it. And maybe before you walk through, sure. you can introduce yourself. Oh there. yes, <laughs> good idea. Um, so I'm I'm Gwen. I'm the uh, writer and creator and uh, most of the labor behind a peek into the pantry, which is um, my food blog where I uh, have been for six years now, uh, going through different recipes and. Um, you know, just sort of favorite foods that would have been enjoyed by the various American Girl historical characters. Uh, it started out as a project to keep me busy after graduating from undergrad and trying to decide what I wanted to do um, professionally and stuff. When I graduated, there weren't a lot of um, sort of museum jobs in New England that were open to folks with just a BA that were like something you could actually like live on. So I um, took a bit of a break from school to earn some money so I can go to grad school. Um, and the blog was sort of a nice way for me to still do history without being like, you know, 
unemployed. <laughs> but uh, so we and uh, it was also a way to actually just like to learn how to cook because I was always very intimidated by the idea of cooking or baking anything that wasn't just from a packet. And I realized fairly quickly that I, you know, was both like, I'm just sort of stupid and will try anything. And if it doesn't work out, that's fine. And you know, uh, it's worked out more often than it hasn't. So that's been pretty cool. Um, my mom is always very like, you're crazy. You tried all these like, you know, weird things like making your own bagels. I would never think to do that. And it's like, well, I had no concept of like how difficult it would be. So just went for it. And that kind of blind courage has been helpful. So it's been good. And then this is my wife, Jess. Hello. Hello. Jess or Jessie. Um, I think you've called me Jessie on the blog I've called you probably both. before. Uh, but I'm Australian. I moved here last year. And, um, so I've actually managed to help in the kitchen and been able to do that, which is nice. Um, I was supporting from a long distance away (laughs) for a while and always wishing I could taste all sorts of weird things that you make, which I now get to do. So, and I should note that we did not arrange in advance to show up here today in the same outfit. (laughs) We we did not, but we, uh, we are matchy matchy. Horizontal lines, like... It's, it's a lifestyle. It's stylish. It's Although I do want to say that yesterday my uncle at Thanksgiving looked at my sneakers I'm wearing today and said, oh, those are cool. They're like bowling shoes. Now I have and to now look I'm sitting with that. It's like, that's not really a compliment, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't know. you got to reevaluate something. <laughs> just like, no, not well, like, I just in terms of like, it's episode, internally <laughs> think about it, you know. Discover yeah. if you're okay with it. Thank you. Yeah, I have to do that work on myself. I Some appreciate that. Yeah, I guess. I mean, geez. Well, thanks again. Thanks for introducing yourselves. And so I guess like take it away with this recipe. All right. So it's a pretty simple cookie recipe. Um, you want to start by separating your wet and dry ingredients. So um, I'm going to start with putting some flour into one mixing bowl. It takes uh, three and a quarter cups of flour, although I have found... You're going to use a lot more of it when you are rolling out the cookies, um, just as a as a heads up, um, because like all rolled cookies, the dough is always wetter than you want it to be when you take it out of the fridge. You are saying these things like it's known. And we're I'm, like, I'm, I'm taking a lot of notes. Yeah. Can I ask a question about flour? Sure. Now? You know how sometimes on baking shows you see people making a big show of sifting flour? Is that just a scam from the baking industry? I feel like yes. I know that's a controversial opinion. Um, I think that it depends on what you're making. Something like if you're making like a, a custard or like something that needs it to be dissolved sometimes you can have like lumps in the flour which can be annoying when you're actually trying to like make something smooth um but for stuff like cookie dough usually it doesn't matter i think like the sifting industry has just gotten into the food network or great british takeoff and they're like we want to be more important than uh you know, and we actually are. Like oh. somebody's tasted something and was like, I can tell this wasn't sick. <laughs> Especially like if you That's want to, you can get like the same effect essentially just by running like a whisk or a fork through your dry ingredients. Mm-hmm. So it's like you really don't. Interesting. And like, especially I'm like if you. On the prairie, we don't have time for a sifter. Yeah. That's very like, true. Like Kirsten doesn't have yeah. a sifter. No. And like, well, <laughs> Kirsten might have better like storage and counter space than a lot of folks do in like an apartment and stuff. But I know I do not have enough space to just be. You know, giving away real estate. I think that Kirsten might have something better than anyone. (laughs) Hair. That's true. (laughs) What are you adding now? I don't Um, know. I mean, if I couldn't wash my hair for that long. They say that you're not supposed to wash it, like, you know, that regularly. So maybe it's like, it gets magically amazing. I I think. I don't know. I'm not willing to find out. Yeah. (laughs) I'm willing to take that chance. 
So to your flour, you want to add two tablespoons of baking soda, two teaspoons. Sorry, not tablespoons of baking soda. That would be terrible. Don't do that. <laughs> two teaspoons of baking soda, two teaspoons of cinnamon, a teaspoon of ginger, and a t- half teaspoon of ground cloves. I always do heaping tablespoons because I really like spicy cookies. Yep. So it's too short. Do it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to mess around with this. Would you like us to help with one of the scoops? If you would like, oh sure. God, if you want to help with some It feels kind of like Felicity in the kitchen, but <laughs> you're sort of inserting yourself into this, but... Here, do you want to give me four scoops of cinnamon into the bowl? Thank you. Four heaping scoops. I just mm-hmm. did mm-hmm. a great job. I, I see my role here as like offering positive affirmation. <laughs> Thank you. I don't need to touch anything, but I will cheer you on the whole time. I've seen every season of Friday Night Lights. I know how to use it. You could be a supportive. I'll just say y'all Thank a bunch you. of times. Yeah, that's the whole show. <laughs> that YouTube video of. Um, All right, I think we're just going to use the whole thing. They cut together every time. There was very little left in the chair. There wasn't much left. Oh my god! It only it had like it had like less than a half tablespoon. Yeah, there wasn't that Uh, much. Which was actually the ginger is definitely like the critical spice in some ways. I know there's more cinnamon in it, but ginger is very strong. Also, this is powdered ginger. I had someone ask me recently on a recipe if I meant powdered or grated, and I. It's powdered. Yeah. Um, but a uh, difference there? Uh, grated it would be, it's a sharper flavor and it's also wetter. So the texture would be a lot different. It. It's like, and you know, just a little change the recipe chunks. of like sure. how much dry ingredients you would need to add and everything. Allison and I are not even following. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The last time I cooked with wet ginger, like this totally messed up my um, it's something. <laughs> It's a, uh, it's, it's definitely, ginger is definitely a spice where like, if I don't have it in the pantry and I need it for a baking recipe and you know, you need it a lot, particularly for like historical baking just in general. Cause it's like, a, it's just delicious. It's also just delicious. Exactly. <laughs> like no, yeah. no argument for me. Um, but it's like, if you don't have it, it's like, you know, if you don't have nutmeg, like, but you have cloves or whatever, like, okay, it'll change the profile a little bit, but you know, it'll still probably be okay. Not but ginger definitely, it's like, oh, and like all of the heat will be missing from this. Great. So this is a ruined spice cake. Um, uh, so, and I think now to like, that happened a few months ago. So like to combat it, I was like, make sure we buy ginger. And then like, it was in a different bottle and it usually was or something. So then I was like, we still don't have any ginger. So now we have more ginger than we will ever need in our pantry. It's not than we will ever need. We both love spice cookies. And well, spice cakes and stuff, so <laughs> we'll use it. I was gonna ask, like, how are your like likes and dislikes, like culinary wise? How are they different? Not different? I assume you guys are pretty newly married, right? I mean, yeah. Um, well, we got married uh, in August last year um, when I came over, and then we did. Uh, oh god, yeah. Like a big a celebration, big, a big uh, VE Day inspired celebration. Yeah. Oh, my god. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So are you Molly? Uh, I actually, I mean, I think maybe there are some characteristics I have with Molly that I don't like to admit that I have in common with her, but Molly is actually my least favorite his, uh, what? historical character. Yeah. Put the tape right <laughs> the, the scandal. Start the car. Uh, before you Why? guys go, uh, you want to, you also want a cup of softened, like, room temperature butter. We're going to get back to with a cup and a half of sugar which you're going to want to cream together white sugar white sugar and i will sort of assumed when you just say sugar yeah. um i mean you know that's when you're I, baking that's how i always do it on a pecan okay. pantry I, I, I should have opened this before <laughs> 
Um, but, uh, okay, so while I'm creaming the butter, I will explain my very controversial take on Molly. Um, this is... Can I just ask your sign first? Yes. Gemini. Okay, so I'm getting it. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I... Uh, I as a historian, um, my like area of interest and specialty is usually World War II, which is like the most boring thing in the world to admit to. Um, although, so. <laughs> uh, but uh, as a kid, I remember it took a really long time for me to get into the 40s as a period because I thought Molly's books were really boring. Um, I don't necessarily think, I think, I don't dislike her series necessarily, but it's very like, it just felt more... Um, it felt very similar to my own life in a way that a lot of the other historical character books don't where like, you know, Felicity is like fighting animal cruelty and Samantha is like going on this crazy adventure with her family on their boat in Piney Point or whatever. And like Molly's like, man, I don't like this girl in my class. You know, let's sabotage her project to make socks for for soldiers. <laughs> and I'm like, Molly. <laughs> I just using a lot of language that people would use to do to dismiss others say formative women writers like Virginia Woolf and others who wrote about the tragedy of everyday life <laughs> because a mom didn't go off the house doesn't mean we don't care about Mrs. Dalloway am I wrong? I mean I think the American homefront experience is really interesting and worth talking about but I just feel like the war to Molly comes off as being a much more like it's well, you've told me like she's saying I, I haven't read the Molly books. I've only read some. I'm I'm it's new to this whole thing. You know. <laughs> sure. I mean, as an Australian, we didn't really have <laughs> she the didn't American really grow up with this. <laughs> the same way we did. Um, but like you've told me, like it, it that Molly feels quite. I guess I guess like the selfishness sometimes she, of her she, being like, yeah. oh, my experience is really bad. And then it's like, but Emily's like, I had to leave my family and home. So and like, sucks. I think I, uh, so I used to do, I volunteered at a um, American girl summer camp with a bunch of um, young kids. Uh, could you grab an egg for me out of the fridge, by the way? Yes. Um, but uh, uh, so we uh, would do story time with them and we'd read some of the books while we were like doing other crafts and stuff. And we read happy birthday, Molly, which is the one where, um, Sorry to jump several episodes ahead on this podcast. Um, Sorry about other things. <laughs> yeah. uh, they, uh, she, um, uh, they, Emily is a, a refugee from Britain who has um, come to the U.S. to live with her aunt. Yeah. Um, who uh, is in the hospital, so she has to stay with the McIntyres for a few weeks while her aunt gets better. And Molly is like, man, I can't wait to play bomb shelter with this girl and, like, talk to her about how cool it is to meet the queen and stuff and the princesses. And when Emily's like, yeah, um, my house got bombed during the Blitz and, like, my dog died and, like, all this stuff happening, Molly's kind of like, man, well, like, that sucks, I guess, but, you know... It's my birthday, and I don't want to share with you. And it just feels very like, oh. I have two responses to what you just shared. One is, I we have a very deep fear. This is real. I have no memory of these books. So my greatest fear is we get to Molly, and I'm like, oh, dear God, this is not what I thought. Oh, no. And on, it's my birthday, and this needs to be about me. Like, I am a Leo, so that actually I can relate to you on some level. Or I'm like... Well, why not? But Are this you is wow. Um, You're so even and measured. That's why you, I'm feeling like okay, but also, <laughs> I am right now. Read, yes. We have not read all of the books. Like we have not reread yeah. all of the OG mm. books, and we have not read any of the newer doll. Like we get a lot of mail mm -hmm. about Kit. We're interested. Mm -hmm. We haven't read her books. We're gonna get there, but we're not there yet. 
Yeah, no, so I get. So you you might identify as a doll that we don't necessarily. Know. I I actually think I think that is actually a little bit because I, I have thought about it having listened to the podcasts and hearing guys are like, oh, when we get the e- e- emails from Kirsten's or from Samantha's and stuff, I feel like I'm actually probably more of a Rebecca who is a little bit of like a. Yeah, she's she's a little bit attention seeky, but in a meaningful and like means well sort of way. I don't know. Yeah, um, we have a few Rebecca's. It's been literally every time, and yeah. you're in deep. <laughs> Yeah, you guys Because if you're Rebecca, it's not casual. See, no. that's the thing is, like, we have not gotten here yet. Yeah, yeah, there's no casual Rebeccas in this world. Not the case. What about you? Where are you at in this? I don't know if you know um, any of the characters well enough to make a call. I don't know any of the characters well enough. What would, you, what would you like, say that I am? Oh. <laughs> that's um, an intense question. <laughs> I mean, I kind of, I think... I mean, you're very empathetic and patient with me, and I know I can be a difficult, a difficult friend. Um, so <laughs> probably, probably like a like a Kirsten. I don't know. Like that sounds. That I mean, I'm happy right. with being Kirsten. I like. Kirsten. I did also, admittedly, as a kid, Kirsten's I feel one like of the few books that I have read, not all of them, but I've read some of them. I books, feel like so. as a kid, I definitely like I wanted to be Felicity. Like I thought she was the coolest fictional character of all time. But I was definitely like you are more of a Kirsten because like Kirsten has a lot of incidents where like she has a good idea and things don't really turn Just out. Sideways. Yeah, and I'm like ah, that's something that's very. <laughs> Again, I've known you collectively for like 15 minutes, but I feel like you both are better friends than Kirsten. Like, Kirsten <laughs> basically is like like the opposite of a phone friend. She's like a forget a friend, where she's like singing bird. Who knew? R.I.P. Yeah. Marta. Yeah. Marta? Who was Marta? I'm still mourning Marta. And oh, yeah. That was deeply on. sad. Also, like, you've just added uh, two add? tablespoons of maple syrup, um, <laughs> a tablespoon of water, and an egg go into your creamed butter and sugar, and that's your wet ingredients. <laughs> um, then when you're like, when you've mixed those together, you add in your dry ingredients and a cup of flour at a time um, so that you can, you know, not get overwhelmed with all of the... No sifting. No sifting. No sifting necessary. No sifting necessary. Um, You also... uh, The the cookbook is always uh, telling you you can do things by hand, but um, you could also do it in a stand mixer or whatever. not great. Like, what's your assessment? I have very mixed feelings about the official cookbooks. I've made some things from them that are delicious, and I've made some things that are terrible. The worst one is 100%, and it was so disappointing, was um, Felicity's Pumpkin Pudding, which is uh, in the chapter that is supposed to be her favorite food section, and like on the illustration on the cover, she's like holding the, uh, oh. the like <laughs> crock with it in it, um, and it said, like, oh, this is like Felicity's favorite thing because in one of her books she mentions that she's like growing pumpkins in her garden so it's supposed to be that like when the pumpkins are ripe you make them into this delicious pudding and it seemed like it would be good it had a lot of molasses it had pumpkin it had a bunch of spices like all favorite fall flavors we put it in this like buttered baking dish we put it in the oven it bakes and it smells amazing the house is just like perfect fall scents take it out scoop it into a bowl and it just has this like awful spongy texture Mm -hmm. and is not sweet at all which like isn't you know, it's to be expected with a colonial dish or whatever, but a lot of these recipes tend to be like adapted for a more modern kitchen because they're meant for kids in the early 90s making it versus like a kid in the 1790s. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, although I know Kirsten or Felicity is from the 1770s, just uh, in case anyone gets upset <laughs> that I said 1790s. Um, but it was, it was, it was disgusting. And I thought like, oh, well, maybe if I add some ice cream to it, it'll help. It did not. Ooh. It was, it was rough. It was ice really awful. Most things. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was pretty sad. That was a very early recipe I did on the blog. Um, but, uh, I think a lot of them, so like, the, I really do genuinely like these cookies. Um, I made the Lucia buns. I've made, um, 
the full breakfasts from Samantha and Addie's cookbooks mm-hmm. and a few others. Um, and most of them have been good or okay. Um, I think one of the things I sort of find frustrating with a lot of the sort of official American Girl recipes is that um, they feel very, either like particularly the stuff that the company puts out now off. They often are not like well distributed to people and often are sort of like, this doesn't actually seem like a practical recipe that like a kid could make with minimal adult supervision. Cause a lot of these cookbooks are supposed to be a little more geared towards like you as an eight to 12 year old girl should be able to make this with like your mom helping you, but like, or your dad or grandma or whoever. Um, but not necessarily like, ah, oh, this is something they would really want to take on by themselves. So like they had a mango bread recipe that came out very briefly as like a email to people for Nanea coming out. Um, who's the character from 1940s Hawaii. And it was like, here's this recipe that makes like, I want to say like four loaves of mango bread. So like the proportions were just like way too, it was like, this just doesn't seem like feasible. I don't know. Can I make a hot cross buns comment? Sure. So after our Kirsten St. Lucia Day episode dropped, someone wrote to us and said, I'm really upset because you left out the most shocking part, which is that the buns represent the eyeballs gouged out of St. Lucia. And that's where hot cross buns cut to your recorder history in elementary school comes from. Oh my God, really? So what you're doing with hot cross buns is you're recalling the gouged eyeballs <laughs> oh, St. Lucia. Yeah. Did you know that? No, I, I definitely, I definitely feel like that. the stabbing out her eyes part didn't make it into Kirsten's surprise because I remember <laughs> as a kid, refined, like looking that up online and being like, "Oh, this is like, a lot different what? than the version like, I remember." Not afraid of violence. Like we're literally killing off yeah. an eight-year-old in book one. So it's not like you're like, hey, that's kind they're of like, a place to handle. But maybe it's like they had like a, a point system of like you're allowed this many sad points in a book, and like Marta's death was assigned most of the sad points. Yeah. So they're like, we gotta like spread this out. <laughs> we don't have enough left to put in the gouging out of eyes. I was actually disappointed in myself. I didn't know that because when I was in fourth grade, I started in Catholic school, and I got real. I was handed a Lives of the Saints book, and I got mm. way into it because the stories were just nuts. And as I said on the show before, like I was not allowed to watch Grease because that sent the wrong message, but I was encouraged to read this book where people are being murdered oh, and you know carrying so their like, heads around me, on plates that's and right that's so it's crazy like shit. okay that violence is just you know par for the course yeah what we're talking about Oof. so it doesn't seem that crazy i didn't know that that's crazy it's shocking because every now and then we'll get you know an addition or a correction and right. people are like oh like, did you know this? This and sometimes we do know mm. i did not so what is like some of the best things you've made in these cookbooks? What do you recommend people check out? Um, hmm. Well, obviously the paprika. Yeah, the paprika part. <laughs> um, I think actually the first time I ever made this recipe was um, when I was in kindergarten. My uh, kindergarten teacher was Swedish. Uh, or, you know, Swedish American. And um, we had this pageant where we all got to dress up in like different, um, like we got to dress up in different cultural um, outfits that like would have been from sweden or japan or ireland or whatever to sort of talk about different world cultures and we did like little projects that you know kindergartners do about like what kind of food do they eat in japan or china or whatever to try and like teach us some geography and social studies type stuff um so i picked sweden because i had kirsten and i had the saint lucia dress and most of her other dress like your doll dresses because it was the only way to get me to dress fancy as a small child was to make me look like a little pioneer girl you didn't like wearing any dresses right the only stuff was like i was like i will only wear doll dresses so my mom was like all right this is what i gotta do to make you look nice for picture picture day um so basically they um 
we I got we I guess we had the cookbook and we made the paparka as like um, our sort of you know bring to the class so everybody got to try like Irish soda bread or you know dumplings and stuff like that. Um, and I've made it a bunch of times uh, for different stuff. Um, I also really liked the American Girl Party Book, which is not a full cookbook. <laughs> which Allison has also brought a coffee of. Uh, it um, has a couple different uh, cake recipes and stuff that I've made in there. Um, Kirsten has a prairie tea cake recipe, which is like a nice lemon cake um, that's been that was really nice. Um, I'm trying to think mm-hmm. now that I'm like on the spot. What else did I like? You, yeah, we don't want to put you on the spot. No, that's we okay. Circle back to it as needed. Um, a lot of the stuff in the kit. That I was like also nice. Me. When we did the Addy breakfast, we actually made it together and invited like right. some friends over to have this like crazy oh, big so breakfast. Fun. It was good. Um, but the there were like stewed apples, essentially, or like fried apples oh. as, was one of the like dishes with it, and um, it was really tasty. It was really oh, good. So right. it was like that with like some little sausages and different stuff. Right, um, we'll have to check this out. Yeah, it was good. So, so that was one thing we're I really liked. Having, like, our friends over for very nice. Um, I'm kind of, I have high key anxiety about this because I'm not YouTube basically. Mm. Like, <laughs> Anna is is as talented as her, you know, in the same like vicinity as you or as Alice and I are. Like, <laughs> if this is like an upstairs downstairs situation, like, mm. we're downstairs. <laughs> actually, we're upstairs. We're actually we're upstairs because yeah. we can't do this kind of. We have this. We don't have the skill set. Mm. But you know, any tips on entertaining Asian style? I mean, I feel like I feel like a lot of the stuff is like when we've done because we've done a few different things where we've made various spreads from the cookbooks yeah. um, as part of like the blog stuff, and then we invite people over to eat. Uh, and I feel like a lot of it is like trying to make sure you have enough time to get everything done. Um, yes. And so if you're a bit not used to cooking or not used to kind of getting everything done maybe give yourself a little more time that would be some advice so that you kind of have time to get everything ready and have it all ready so you're not like running around the kitchen and trying to get everything done as your guests are coming over so that would be one suggestion (laughs) um also like don't bite off more than you can chew Mm. um a lot so the way that the american girl cookbooks are sort of organized is that the first two chapters are supposed to be like theoretical meals they could have eaten um, it's like a big fancy breakfast and a fun fancy dinner with like a couple different side dishes and stuff like that. Um, but like, oh. and they're, they're okay with like sort of the timing and stuff like that. But you know, if you're also like, let's do that. And one of the other recipes, like, just don't, it's, you know, it's okay if you want to just be like, here's the meatloaf I made instead of like, here's the meatloaf plus mm-hmm. biscuits. Oh, Molly's meatloaf in her cookbook is actually really nice. Oh, yeah, that's, that's my, like, that's my like, yeah. go-to meatloaf recipe. Yeah, that's a nice meatloaf. It's um, good. I love that tip. I'm yeah. yeah. Meatloaf another try. I grew up on it and was like, it's you gotta have the right yeah, right you one. Yeah, you gotta have the right one. You gotta have a tasty that. one. Um, oh now we have just retrieved the the dough that was made earlier to roll out. Yes. So <laughs> so um, the dough that I was making um, is needs to go chill in the fridge um, for an hour. This dough. The one complaint I have about this recipe is that the dough turns into cement if you leave it in the fridge for like longer than an hour. Mm. Um, I think even this one is a little bit. Uh, cementy, so we're gonna have to warm it in our hands a little bit before we can roll it out. Um, but uh, I actually, this is a recipe I made for the uh, the summer camp I was talking about earlier um, with um, my boss, <laughs> and uh, we had to leave it overnight for two days because the camp was like Monday, Thursday, Friday, or something. Um, and it took forever to like heat all of it up enough to actually like get it to be roll outable. Like we had the kids just holding little balls of it in their hands, oh. trying to like. <laughs> 
back up. Warm it up enough. <laughs> They're washed they hands. Spread it out. Um, so, and it's something where like, I feel like maybe like a few times when I've gone like a little, now that I like have recorded it on the blog and stuff, I know like, okay, don't do that again. Um, but like the first couple times I made it, it would be like, oh, can, that's fine. Let's just forget about it. And I was like, oh, right. I forgot. This is not what you want to do. Um, yeah, absolutely. We've got our little thing of flour. If you want to just sprinkle some down on the thing and we've got a bunch of cookie cutters. So... Uh, paparka core is a, um, they're shaped rolled cookies. Paparka core. Um, it is kind of fun to say. Um, they, uh, so it, um, they're, it's a rolled cookie and you, uh, cut it into different shapes. Traditionally, they're, um, usually like, so traditionally they're made around Christmas. Um, and they're supposed to be like stars, hearts, um, uh, pigs, um, I've got a like dollar horse, like the Swedish painted horses, a uh, cookie cutter at home that I like have been meaning to make with paparka core, uh, or to use for paparka core. Um, so yeah, it smells very good. Excellent. Well, it's not even done uh, baking yet, so hopefully it'll be. Wow. We yeah. just want to affirm you. Thank you. No, I pre- I appreciate. It. I'm glad. Hey, like you're doing a great job. She loves some positive reinforcement. I'm my wife. Yeah. So. She's really into that. I'm always not I, liking a cheerleader. I like all historians. I'm a deeply anxious person. So I hear you. you know, it's like I'm a sea of anxieties all the time. So the fact that you've led us as a fellow anxious person into your space and have like shared this very personal thing with us, this talent you have, I really do appreciate it. I celebrate you. Well, thank, thank you. you. Uh, well, it is, it, you know, it, it is helpful that it's like, okay, you know, these are, these are comfortable people in many ways of like, I know you guys are sort of in the same very small <laughs> world. Really I was just saying to someone the other day, though, about like speaking of being a historian and a woman yeah. historian that so much of the grad school experience and training as a woman historian only serves to make you even more insecure. Mm-hmm. So coming out of grad school, it's been sort of a journey for me to actually feel like I'm competent in even basic areas of life. And I'm kind of like, where did this come from? But No, I feel that. I, I was actually just joking with my parents. Um, recently where uh, I'm going to be doing some stuff at uh, NCPH in Atlanta and um, we, and we were talking about how going to conferences is a lot of fun because you get to meet all these other people and stuff but it's always so funny how a lot of folks are sort of you sort of have that moment of realization where you're like oh you're just as like scared of the future as I am <laughs> you know like desperately clinging to that one internship you had and hoping that you didn't make a terrible life choice <laughs> oh yeah totally 100% so that was a uh, it was funny. Yeah. I mean, I think choosing a career in history only serves to make you constantly question every life choice you've ever made because it really makes you work for it. There's not a lot of reward all the time in being a historian except for yeah, the work. You have to really love it. Exactly, yes. And I mean, I, I do always think like, well, you really hated being in insurance, so like... Ooh. That's a bit of rolling. Oh, sure. Yeah. Here you go. Shall we do it? Yeah, if you want to do some rolling. Working in insurance was always, for some reason, my nightmare, and I don't know why, because I've never actually done it, but to me, it just seems like it would not be a good fit for me, but... It was, it was you know, there were some pluses and minuses, but I'm, I'm you know, ultimately quite happy with my decision to uh, flee and go to grad school. I think ultimately it was not a good long-term fit for you. <laughs> something that is a reward about being a, a woman yeah, is going to sound really cheesy, warm. but like the community yeah. that you find in it, like, I have very getting warm hands. you guys through this, mm-hmm. like you guys are like, I feel like you're our like speed kind of person, yeah. you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, and 
So working in history can be cool and fine. And, and like doing the show has been so revelatory and just like the community that's emerged through it of people we hear from who seem to have like a lot of shared interests or experiences. You know, experiences, or, yeah. you know, so that can be that's its own cool. value. Yeah, definitely. Even if it's not a 401k. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you have a podcast, so that's great. <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. So if you... I say completely no, unironically. If you do it with both your hands yes. and then like roll like that, it might be a little easier. This uh, rolling pin is actually from yeah. Colonial Williamsburg. What? So, yeah. Oh my, <laughs> my my mom is a. I don't know if you can. It's pretty. It's pretty sturdy. It's fairly hefty. I think you. Uh, you'd have to work hard. My God, I borrowed bridges just to come here today. So, <laughs> what else I could have done? Yeah. My no. mom is a big uh, Williamsburg fan, so it's pretty funny because it's definitely like um, I'm a little so, so I got my Kirsten. Um, my grandma is my mom and grandma are both uh, former teachers, and they found out about American Girl through like because they would send like catalogs and stuff for the books to like, teachers. Um, and my grandma loves dolls and was so excited to buy one for me and my sister when we got older. Um, and I like didn't care about dolls as a kid, like at all, um, unless it was like, oh, this is like Wendy from Peter Pan or whatever. Um, I was like Barbie. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Jasmine. Um, but uh, they, uh, but so my grandma sat down with me with the catalog and was like, hey, theoretically, if you got one of these dolls, um, I was five. Uh, which uh, which one would you want? And I ended up picking Kirsten because she came with cats. And I very craftily was like, hey, if I get the doll with the cats someday, I may hey, be gifted the cats. cats. Um, <laughs> and they did. I, I have four sets of Kirsten's cats. Really? Um, I, uh, it, two of them were an accidental, uh, like one person bought one and didn't tell the other for Christmas that like they had both bought the same present. And then I, as a kid, was like, well, now Kirsten has four cats. It's fine. <laughs> um, and then another one was a, uh, they re, they like retooled them. So they're the less terrifying non-rabbit fur versions of them. <laughs> but like, uh, why did she have to nurse that cat back to health? We did not talk about that with the last book. Every who knows? one of them has to nurse an animal back to health, <laughs> which for 90s girls was like probably not a skill well, we need. I think it's like the the like dream of owning a horse. Right. Thing. Yes. It's like that, you know, universal wish. Yeah. Of all like, young girls. But it's also like a moment of like nurture caretaker mm -hmm. is a trait that you should cultivate in yourself. That's true. I think the pets are actually the part that I think in like the original Pleasant Company books are the ones that are the most like this is a really blatant product placement because all right. of the animals. Now you have to buy them. Well, but like Posey right. the lamb, Bennett the dog. Missy the cat, like none of them ever show up again after the book that they're introduced <laughs> no. in. And it's like, did Posey die? Is she okay? Like, oh, no. she's Posey? Posey's fine. Yeah, Posey's, Posey's good. It's, Posey's totally fine. It's, it's, everything's great. It's fine. But it does feel like, it feels like total product, product placement, but also like a gender dynamic of like that nurture caretaker moment. Oh, yeah. Because I also was reading heavily Matt Christopher books mm -hmm. at the same time, which should have told me something about myself, but like did not at that stage. But. Oh, that's There's right. never a scene in books designed explicitly for boys where it's like, and now you will care for, like, an animal. Now Maybe you will care for a woman. <laughs> men and horses. Men are asked men to care horses. for horses. That's yeah, true. That's true. Yeah. that's true. Or a dog. Like, um, 
Did you guys ever read or see the movie oh. Where the Red Ferns Are? Oh, yeah. Yes. We were just talking we about actually, that last night. We actually <laughs> were just discussing that and Old, old Yellow last oh, night. Yeah. So, so uh, I had a teacher <laughs> who every time she was like, I give up or I've reached a space where I can't actually speak to you, she would roll, roll Where the Red Fern Grows to the point that we watched it twice in one year. Oh, gosh. Like, kind of been on this journey. And people would have straight up breakdowns during Do you know that book, Allison? Yeah. Uh, thin, that's her crush. No, actually, that's actually it, like, accurate. Okay. It's supposed she's to be really thin. I always uh I was okay. uh, chicken out. Yeah. Convey a belted along here. Yeah. Well, no rush. <laughs> Can I just say I wore Argyle today because like I made assumptions and you that's on me. To let this go. No, Don't I profile. <laughs> that's what you need to take from this. I'm sorry. Just because you have bangs. I made assumptions, oh and I'm God. sorry. Actually, actually, you know how it's, there's always the discussion of will you cut your own bangs? I do cut my own bangs. I did two so, days ago. Yeah, <laughs> it's the what holidays. Is good life choice. Stance under when you cut your own bangs, like, is it related to stress? No, it's like it's. Mo- it turned into me just being like, I am tired of paying like seventy dollars to get a haircut, and then hate when it's it. just bangs. Yeah. As well. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, like you've ruined my bangs. Great. I just feel horrible about myself. And then you know, it's like, so well, cool. if I'm gonna have that happen, I might as well have myself to blame and not be out 70 bucks so that's that's where we're at a very reason case whereas i've been with allison when it's like you're sort of like mid spiral mid breakdown (laughs) sort of driving your car cutting your veins like it's a different thing. I've done that twice. Okay, but that's what I'm saying. You should have Wait, wait, wait. You, you've cut your bangs while driving? Okay, so I have these little scissors. <laughs> and every now and then, Allison. there's just hair that you have to tend to. Not while driving. <laughs> I mean, you should pull oh over God. first. I'm just going to say. Thank you. So there's light that you can only get on the highway. No, Allison, that's not true. I'm, if anyone's listening to this, do not cut your hair while driving. Please don't do anything except drive while driving. <laughs> I don't drive, so it makes me anxious. It's click it or ticket, not clip it. Click it or ticket. Yep, it's true. I think that's a very sensible approach. I spend up to three hours a day in the car. Stuff is going to uh, happen. Yeah. No, yeah. it should not. That should not it shouldn't, in the car. but... It's, oh my gosh, just somebody, I don't know. I don't know what to do for you. I need like a spirit straight program. But I'm not sure. I have to make my own. They don't make it for this. No. Not yet. yet. I guess soon. Wow. That's not good. like I'm really not compliant. Like, oh, that's I'm the fine. Of <laughs> no, it's going well. It's fine. They also they don't um they don't tend to expand a lot in the um oven, so if they you can really cram a lot onto a tray. Um, the recipe says it makes three dozen cookies, but we're using very small. We've cookie got cutters, very small so, cookie cutters. Um, they're actually they're from some American Girl set. I'm not sure which one it is now, but it might be like oh, it's the Williams and Sonoma um, mixing bowl that we found like <gasps> oh, deeply discounted yeah. for like ten bucks at our is Williams that the Sonoma one? outlet. Oh, sorry, that's okay. Was that the like teal one yes where the logo has and the logo is like smeared off (laughs) in the dishwasher we have a friend grace shout out to you grace who gifted us i got the madeline madeline and allison got the pancake kit very nice you've not tried them can i take your scrap yeah absolutely go to town that star is nice but it's like, that's so pricey. Like, I always want to know. Oh, it's like, I, I think both. my purse is going to brush up against something. I'm going to have to, like, <laughs> sell on Like, it's, I don't have to be able to deal. <laughs> Do you have any tips for getting married around either a World War II theme or on a World War II? Two day because I did. Oh, I don't know if you know this, but I inadvertently picked D Day as the day. Oh, yeah, no, you had mentioned. Um, so, you know, any tips? Well, we we our, deliberately went all out. Uh, well, okay. our, so our actual our our 
first wedding, which was um, a like kind of quick uh, legal ceremony with my family, um, we, we explicitly we explicitly chose our anniversary date to be um, the anniversary of the liberation of Paris because I was like, I don't want to pick a day where I find out like, oh, this was the day like the Wannsee conference was held. Well, and also like to give this some context, we started talking more and got together more because we were both very interested in World War Two. So Is that how you guys met? Um we met in a <laughs> basically like a creative writing group online. Cool. Oh, that's um, so cool. And we had known each other quite a long time, uh but hadn't been like particularly close friends, just like kind of acquaintances. Sure. Um, but she was a devoted blog reader even I was. Were. I read the blog. Important. Yeah. I do not we wouldn't even do that. It's true. <laughs> um and then uh I guess you told me to watch the HBO miniseries The Pacific. Sure. And I watched that and I was like, this is amazing. Let's like discuss more about this. The classic let's discuss a so, word. And then, you know. As all best the, couples. The, the, the <laughs> cute, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, but sorry. How did this fly on your 90 day fiance application? <laughs> well, you know, so they like after like maybe like a week was before. That too far? No, 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 no. But we, immigration we love is fraught. No, immigration is fraught. Like, I don't mean to. Uh, like a week before our, our like big fancy party wedding, which we did a year after our legal wedding, um, there was a casting call out for like gay couples. And it was and like, we like, where was this? <laughs> <laughs> There's no justice. See, the fact is, you guys could have been amazing on 90 days. Because you could have hired us as low key informal coaches. Oh my God. You're, you're actually too normal for the show. Oh, like aggressively. So you would have like had to just like go manufacture way the drama. Because you're an actual couple. Forever. Yeah. You actually exactly. put it each other and you're No one is catfishing anyone. Yeah. Our parents approve. <laughs> There's some like religious differences. Here's my first thing I would have done. I would have cast a child actor to play one of your children. Ooh. Because I think the parenting element is always amazing where it's That's like, true. That's true. All of the bad life choices. <laughs> where it's like one of you disappears for like, you know, a couple weeks to visit the other. And it's like, well, you're just staying with grandma. It's fine. I need you to get like another parent. And then, like, one of you comes in and is like, I actually hate children. Yeah, I, I just can't stand children. I would be the one with the child. She would be the one being like, I hate children. Yeah. yeah. And my mom would be the one who would be turned into the villain in law, I think. But yeah, yeah. yeah. We're already, we've already figured out Definitely. Yeah. the narrative arc. I think you got it. Are you good at screaming on speakerphone? Can you learn? That is, <laughs> you know, I think I could learn. I think you, I, learn. I think you might be able to. Oh yeah, there needs I think to you be would. a small wedding related detail that could derail everything. Like, remember the girl who lives in New Hampshire who's a singer? Yes, she used to forget Evelyn, and she's like. Your groomsmen will wear this expensive oh tuxedo God. or nothing at all. And he's like, I'm already asking my friends to fly halfway around the world. I can't ask this of them. And she's like, I'm not speaking to you for, for the rest of this Yep, goodbye. Breakfast. It's not. It's for over. the rest of this pancake it's over. breakfast. Oh. No, I mean, we did actually. So uh, kind of uh, cycling back to the, you know, tying these together. Um we did actually have a couple people who were a little like, you're doing like a VE Day themed wedding? Like, how's that going to work? And we're very sort of like skeptical about the idea of like, oh, you're going to like have some old music for people to dance to? That doesn't sound fun. And it and was like, like... People are meant to get and, dressed up in like 1940s clothing. Like nobody's going to want to do that. And because uh, like, we, we, we went like all in on this. Yeah. Um, and uh, it actually like turned out incredibly well. Everyone had a really good time. Um, what we did for the music instead was we did a like through the decades sort of thing. So we started in the 40s and then for the dance floor. So for the dance floor. For all the kind of like ceremony. Ceremony, cocktail hour stuff. It was all like 40s music. It was all yeah. like kind yeah. of a swing, big bandy 
like stuff. But like, and you know, any floor, parts of that, the dance floor up. <laughs> any parts of that could have easily been adapted into a, we're not speaking anymore. Oh, definitely. Or, or like, you know, my mother is threatened to pull the plug on the funding <laughs> for the wedding or whatever. Um, but so, yeah, it, we just like, we just have fun with the fame, honestly. The it thing with like, weddings is like, you just have to do like what you as a couple are going to enjoy and like not really listen to. And like, I understand that like, you know, people can have input, but ultimately it's going to be your yeah, don't let anybody Dang. boss you around. Was there ever like a VJJ like rivalry event? Wow. I like you worried. Like what if? No, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> it is pretty funny because we, we call it VE Day, but it's like it was in August. So like actually it probably should have been VJ Day. No, I'm pretty sure we did VJ Day on. Oh, maybe we did. I think we used both sort of, inv- I think on interchangeably. of we might have done VE Day, but we definitely did VJ Day on one of them. Um, but it was a good time and like you know basically everyone who was invited besides like family were like other historians because those are the only people we're friends with so they were all like way into it (laughs) so that was fun um so the cookies also like uh bake for eight to ten minutes at 350 degrees we have two full trays that are going to go in the oven now exciting it really is beautiful here undisclosed undisclosed location it is the we don't know where we are it is the home of the blog (laughs) It's where the blog got started before it had to move into a very teeny apartment. Yeah. I do. I was complaining. I was like saying to everyone like, oh, I'm so bummed like coming back and baking here again and stuff where it's like, you know, them thinking about like my one counter and my like small overstuffed cabinets have, and stuff versus like this beautiful one, kitchen. <laughs> we have one drawer. No, two drawers in our entire kitchen for like cutlery and stuff. It's it's crazy. It's a problem. <laughs> it's it's a big stuff, problem. Like under the bed. Like, is there just, like... Mostly doll stuff. Stuff, stuff everywhere. <laughs> uh, it's, no. uh... How many dolls? Um, I think my personal collection is now at 60. Wow. And Jess has, I think, six of her That's own. Six. But four of them are still in Australia. Yeah, I have a number of them in Australia. Um, we can... Why? Their paperwork didn't... <laughs> yeah, they're, they're stuck in... They're waiting too, for their visas. They're too busy catfishing people online to bring them over. <laughs> Kaya, the notorious catfisher. <laughs> <laughs> Kaya and Kit working together as a scam. Felicity could be the ultimate catfisher. Yeah. No questions. Oh, I, can see that. I can see that. <laughs> I can get behind that. Oh um, but yeah, we uh, it's it's been funny because like I've always been like my um, I've always been a collector of various toys and stuff like that, and like my parents collect things too. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know one of the things that was funny about realizing like oh you're an adult who like makes their own money now is like you can afford to buy this stuff and not have to feel guilty about it or like wait until christmas or anything and it's like it's been nice you know to be like like if 11 year old me was standing here right now listening to me talk about this or whatever like her head would explode (laughs) (laughs) like whenever people are like what would what would you tell your 11 year old self to know let them know that everything worked out okay it's like you own all of the historical american girl dolls i'm like oh like and almost their entire collection yeah. for most of them, right? Yeah, it's a wow. it's a fun hobby for the most part. Not for the wallet, but in a way, it's like most of your investments are tied up in AG stock. It's true. Say. I mean, it's true. Um, it's funny though because it's like it's I'm I've never I've always been one a, a collector who like doesn't care so much about ever thinking to resell stuff. Like mm-hmm. I do occasionally like throw things up on eBay if it's like, oh, I don't, you know, I used to have a really big um, Marvel and DC action figure collection and then realized like, you don't care about Alan Scott, the original Green Lantern. Why do you have an action figure of him? (laughs) Um, But like, 
uh, the AG stuff, it's sort of like, you know, if that ever makes any money, like it is what it is. Whereas you have some other folks who are like devastated that like the secondary market has kind of crashed this year. And it's like, you know, it's like, well, you weren't ever planning on selling. Yeah. Like just to, yeah. as a general tip, don't invest your retirement fund in toys. <laughs> like, yeah, I thought we learned that in the 90s. Yeah. So, <laughs> Let's not make this into another Beanie Babies catastrophe. Say, like, did you have other, like, what is your first fandom collecting? Were you a Beanie Baby person? Oh, a hundred percent. We had a ton of Beanie Babies. Um, I have a huge collection of Disney stuff that I still, I like have been trying to be better about kind of like whittling down on that. And it, it just sort of started off as like, you know, my parents would buy us stuff as like presents and everything. Right. And, you know, family's very Disney. Yeah. Like, um, Disney stuff. And, or, and like my parents also like, you know, uh, were very kind to us as children and be like, you know, okay, like sure. We'll buy you a beanie baby or whatever. Well, again, um, it's not like your dad. Had to give up his my, my theory is that my dad uh, came downstairs on Christmas or like for his birthday, I think, when he turned like 10 or 11 and found out that he was only being gifted clothes. And that's like the last time he ever got fun present or like, yeah. you know, the year before. Yeah. And it, and so now he like totally overcompensates by being like this crazy person for toys for tots and stuff like that, which is like very nice oh, and like sweet. very sweet. But I'm often like, who hurt you, dad? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh Grandma and grandpa, that's who. <laughs> um, who are both lovely people. Uh, but, uh, you know, but it's just, you know, funny. It was that, um, yeah. I mean, it was that like misguided, like, oh, girls can play with toys but like boys need to grow up and yeah do, you know like he like, doesn't want a model kit of a b24 anymore and it's like no i actually really wanted that <laughs> the exact same way yeah like he he wasn't given that many toys growing up but he did have toy soldiers uh-huh he kept buying them and now he actually paints them and he does research on all the uniforms for different units oh cool he oh. built his own table and like in his basement right now gettysburg is staged on his table allison has seen this whole thing i have so, you know, I think, he, like, growing up, it was this interesting model, like, there should be no age limit on toys, mm-hmm. because you can still find meaning in them at any age and all that kind of thing. But it's also, like, sad when people are told by adults when they have to stop. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's yeah. very sad. And, like, that's that's something that's so, like, sort of sad and interesting when you chat with other people in the, like, AG collecting community is, like, a lot of them are people who are in situations where, like, their parents told them, like, well, you know, this is, like, you're 13, no well, more of this. give away your toys. So yeah, you're... You're in college, so we cleaned out your room without asking you, and everything is gone now. And it's just like, you know, I understand that, like, you know, maybe you just don't understand personally. Like, not everybody needs to remain that attached, but it's like, at least have a conversation with people before being like, hey. Right, but also, like, that interesting trajectory that we were kind of talking about off air about for some people adulthood means and like you were just saying about yourself in a way like having the buying power to maybe even buy anything ag when you couldn't as a child mm-hmm. so, oh definitely like we've heard from yeah. a lot of folks who like for them the catalog was as close as they could come as children and then they it was like a splurge for them as an adult to say like oh i, I could buy molly for myself mm-hmm. and so really like this sign of childhood actually becomes a sign of adulthood yeah and kind of freedom in a way yeah totally hmm so is there like an Australian equivalent? Somebody messaged me, by the way, and I don't know if you've heard of this show. So I, I've been watching Pioneer Quest, which I've now since. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody sent me a message. By the way, if you're not watching it, it's amazing. Well, I, I don't know. So Pioneer Quest is a show where people in Canada live for a year, like it's 1874. Oh yeah, okay. And they get a hundred thousand dollars per couple. It's two couples. It's just bonkers. I can't go into it without ruining stuff. But oh, there was definitely like a. An Australian show like somebody that. Sent, yeah, somebody sent me a message and was said it's like Outback or there's like, like there's one there's something that's like um I think it's like home, maybe like Homestead something. Yeah. So 
I definitely remember like watching that as a as a sort of teen at some point. <laughs> um, it was a good show. I, I think uh, there's not really there wasn't really like a doll line um, or anything like that. Like with his, uh, the history connections in mm. Australia, I think um, the closest we got was the sort of uh, the My Story books, which are the um, the Dear it's America. the Australian version of oh. Dear America. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, they were convicts. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, some are convicts. Um, no, it's it's you know it's a wide range of um, of different stories. Like you know you you have like a kid growing up in Sydney in the first, like, first uh, emigration, basically, and then you have, like, a boy in Darwin during the Second World War and all of this mm. sort of stuff. So it, it's kind of the same, like, looking around at these different historical moments. Um, so um, I guess that was the, the closest. Scholastic had, uh, so they had Dear America, My Name is America in the United States, and then My, uh, My America, which is like the younger kid version. Um, and then in Canada, they had Dear Canada, and then they had a brief series called I Am Canada for the boys. And then they had My Story in the UK, New Zealand, and Australia. Um, and also known as like My Australian Story, My my British. No, my story is just the British one. The British one doesn't. My story is the British yeah. one. Yeah. To differentiate, it's yeah. my New Zealand and my Australian, yeah. but okay. but the actual book just says my story. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best ones are definitely probably. I really like the Canadian series. Actually, I think they do a really good job of like addressing a lot of voices that like the American series kind of um, overlooks. Like there are mm-hmm. a lot of um, good First Nations mm-hmm. um, perspectives and stories and topics. Um, and uh but the uh, the british one is very hit or miss i've had a few that are like really good and a few that are basically like here's just sort of a weird summary with some you know fictional aspects about like Anne Boleyn's life and it's like this oh. this isn't great like you're trying cuz you know the books are like 130 pages long and written for you know 10 year olds and stuff so it's like there's only so much you can cover and when you're trying to cover the rise and fall of Anne Boleyn or whatever it's like this is a little too much territory for uh, on like a day to day basis i don't know so but anyway those are good. I collect those. Uh, my my history collections. That, That's just letting you know. There's one minute left on the top on the, both okay. ovens. Where are the um, oven? Yeah, oh sorry. god. Um, I think they are in this drawer. Haven't cooked in this kitchen for a while, so it's always <laughs> like an adventure trying to figure out if I remember where everything is. I hear you. My parents have totally reorganized their kitchens. So when I was just baking there the other day, I was like, I don't. <laughs> I know like, I what did you do? Time and for a long time, and now it's like I don't know where anything is. It's a mystery. Yeah. All right. We've got. So if you guys watched as a couple, Pearl Harbor with Ben Affleck, and, and I'm just wondering if that not as a couple, not as a couple, if you had differing opinions on it. Uh, I think both of us really hate it. Yeah, I, we've we've seen it independently. I haven't seen it for. I actually, again, I'm a, I'm a pretty like I'm a weird sort of not to be like I'm not like the other World War II historians, um, <laughs> but like uh, we know that you're not. <laughs> the mere fact that I'm that I'm well, a yeah. the mere fact that I'm a woman is like already like all right, like, and I have a degree instead of just like I watched Band of Brothers seventy five times, so I know oh what I'm talking God, about. Yep. Um, they give PhDs in that now. Yeah, like okay, like good for you. I've also watched Band of Brothers like seventy five times. So. Me too. <laughs> not sure and why I'm you're not special. Actually a but uh, I, I think it's 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 like pretty tragic because I think some of the actual like scenes of the attack on Pearl Harbor are very well done and very emotional. Like when you see the um, 
the scene with um like the uh guys who are trapped on the utah like reaching out of the hull of the ship and stuff like that was like i'm like okay i'm sobbing in my dorm room at like two in the morning as i'm watching this on netflix um but like it always i one of one of the things i really don't like about a lot of world war ii movies is that it's like there are so many really like amazing stories from the period that um you know of like people doing crazy heroic things and stuff and then it's like you're making a movie about this but you're also throwing in these fictional characters who have this like very you know by the numbers love story and it's kind of like couldn't you just make this a great biopic about one of the actual people that lived through this so like i like i think like you know saving private ryan is a great movie technically but once you get off the omaha beach landing it's a completely fictional story with very like typical like here's the tough guy from brooklyn and here's the sassy jewish character and it's like this isn't really it's just very like it's not any different from other world war ii movies after a certain point and it's sort of like i I get kind of bored with that um so pearl harbor i totally agree with you (laughs) and growing up with this stuff as i said my dad is very into military history so i have seen every possible military history ever made and in fact one of my moments of great pride in uh, like taking on home to my parents was that she at one point made a critical comment about the shark movies have you ever seen those no i've seen a few of them yeah and so she was like oh god i hate sharp and i was also subjected to that as a child i was like wow i really (laughs) but um so, like, what, having seen so many of these World War II films and documentaries, which I genuinely enjoy watching, mm-hmm. what do you think are the strongest things out there? Um, my personal favorite is definitely um, Letters from Iwo Jima, which I think every a lot of people are very sort of surprised by because it's like, you know, it's a pretty unique perspective and stuff. Uh, and I just said all this stuff about, like, I don't really like fictional stuff. and it's But it's very well done. And it's like, you know, this really, you know, the characters are really interesting and complex. And it's, again, it's showing us something we haven't really seen before, particularly in American cinema. Quick side knock, how many notes? Uh, eight to ten. I would go for nine. These are a little bit brown. Um, the other challenge of baking in a kitchen you haven't worked in for a while is like, how hot is this oven? <laughs> you know what? We think these look amazing. They look awesome. Thank you. Um, I think you have to hit start. Hit start. And then it should go. Okay. Let me, let me do it. <laughs> you do it. Okay. I think it's on nine o'clock. You put it on for nine hours. What? Oh. That's what Time is just, you know, hey, look. a flat circle. Why, why is it not? They're Australian cookies. I don't know. Why does it not have seconds? I don't know. I don't. I didn't. I, I didn't design this. What if you used a six, a fifty-nine second cook time? <laughs> These look so good. They're so like wheat thins. Yeah, and it's they're nice because I, I was saying I usually make them too thick, but um, they're supposed to be really thin and crispy. So it's good that I had some braver. For this entire project, except here, sit here and talk to you. That's totally fine. May I have one of these cookies? Yes. Be careful; they are hot. But yes. I'm gonna try a star. Yeah, good for it. Mm. Um, so what do we think? Good? Oh, my God. Kirsten approved? Yep. I'm giving <laughs> you a perfect 10, y'all. Thank you. Ooh. Mm. This is great audio. Just all of us chewing. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah. Well, maybe this is a good time to just say, Have like... A- I think you nailed these cookies. Yeah. Thank you. Of us chatting, like not only did you talk so eloquently about your research, but you also produced a mountain of these cookies. <laughs> so please just, take some home because we yes, still have a lot yes, of Thanksgiving please, leftovers. Please take we some. Love to. We don't ask us twice, but thank you so much for inviting us over. Yeah, and, thank you guys for coming. You know, can where can people find you online before we wrap? Um, so my blog is a peek into the pantry and you can also follow me on Instagram at a peek into the pantry. Very 
good branding of, <laughs> uh, and that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Um, I'm oh, also you have an email. Oh yeah, my email send. is uh, into the pantry at gmail.com If you want to send any e- uh, you know sort of longer Emails form or comments, or comments about the blog or whatever. <laughs> um, positive comments. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, no, feel free to feel positive free to reinforcement um, with some constructive criticism, <laughs> carefully couched inside. Yeah, compliment sandwich. I love the management that's happening on the side. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. That's yeah. yeah. Been been lovely to chat yeah. with you guys. Yeah. Lots of fun. Always good to have cookies and history chats. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And that takes us to the end of this episode. I do want to thank again, Gwen and Jess for opening up their space and being so generous with their time and their talent. I'd also like to thank Allison for going on this journey with me and for blowing the whistle on us, you know, about the whole Dunkin' Donut munchkin situation. Gwen did say she loves history and cookies, so I hope she was just as open to history and munchkins. Um, and us, you know, partaking of some in advance. Uh, if you want to talk to us about Dunkin' Donuts, any history ideas, any fierce feedback about anything you've heard on this episode, please do reach out to us. On Twitter, you can find the show at A Girls Pod. And on Instagram, we're at American Girls Podcast. We really love all the messages we receive. And I just want to give a shout out to Allison, who does all of our social media. She does such a great job coming up with really funny posts. So I know we both love um, hearing from you on all the podcasts. Platforms. If you want to find Allison individually and share any kind of, uh, you know, hot take with her, you can find her at Allison Harrix on both Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at Mary Mahoney 123 and on Instagram at Mimi Mahoney. Uh, We're very much looking forward to our next episode when we're going to have a very special guest joining us as we wrap up the Kirsten series. We're not done with Kirsten yet, but we will be talking about the last book in the series. So please do join us on our next episode. And thanks so much for listening.